If I could recommend only one concept to learn from the psychology of motivation, it would be Albert Bandura's concept of self-efficacy. Self-efficacy helps explain many puzzles of our motivation. Why do we give up on our fitness plan even though we need to be healthier? Why do we waste time on our phones instead of studying when the exam date looms? Why do we sometimes feel excited to take on a new challenge, but other times shrink away? Understanding self-efficacy can also help us build our motivation. But to appreciate the theory, we need to take a step back and look at an earlier, simpler concept of motivation that self-efficacy was intended to correct. Rational expectations. Motivation for robots. Rational expectations was a prominent theory of motivation, independently proposed by both Edward Tolman and Kurt Lewin in the first half of the 20th century. It proposes that our subjective feelings of motivation is an unconscious calculation of the benefits and costs we'd experience from taking an action. So putting it mathematically, motivation equals benefits times their probability minus the costs. Now, to use a concrete example, according to rational expectations, the motivation I feel for exercising would come from the benefit I expect to achieve, getting in shape, being healthier, multiplied by the chance that exercising actually leads to those benefits, minus the cost of effort of actually sticking to my fitness program. As implied by its name, rational expectations are, well, rational. This theory suggests that whenever we don't feel motivated, it's simply because we've judged another option to be more valuable for us. Accordingly, if we failed to exercise and sat around watching Netflix instead, we valued keeping up on our shows more than having a beach body. No mystery at all. Rational expectations isn't a terrible theory. It's probably a pretty good approximation of why we're motivated in many cases, but it's also the kind of motivational theory we'd expect of a robot rather than a human being. It assumes we perfectly weigh the options and always make the right choice. Motivation for humans. Self-efficacy intervenes. Albert Bandura theorized that what was missing from rational expectations was an intervening step. It isn't enough to have expectations about the outcomes of our actions, we also must have expectations about our ability to take those actions. So consider our exercising example again. Bandura argued it isn't enough to look at our expectations about the outcomes, the chance that exercising will improve our fitness, we must also examine our expectations about our ability to take that action, whether we believe we can actually stick to our exercise program. Rationally speaking, we may have enough reason to justify the cost, but we may be stuck with low motivation if our self-efficacy is low. Bandura articulated it in the following way. The person to the behavior is a self-efficacy expectation. Can I take this action? The behavior to the action is an outcome expectation. Will the action get what I want? Self-efficacy helps to explain why, even when we want an outcome, we may not work toward it. For instance, it's not just our desire to graduate, but our belief that we're capable of learning the material. It's not just our desire to own a business, but our belief that we can actually make it successful. It's not just our desire to have a relationship, but our belief that we can ask someone out without being rejected. Bandura's theory improved on rational expectations because it argued that wanting an outcome isn't enough to motivate yourself to action. You must also be confident in your ability to take the actions required to reach that outcome. Common confusions about self-efficacy. So before I explain some of the implications of self-efficacy, I want to clarify what self-efficacy is not. So self-efficacy is not self-esteem. Self-esteem is how you value yourself. Self-efficacy is your belief that you can succeed in taking a particular course of action. So you can believe you're wonderful, but also believe you're incapable of learning quantum mechanics. The two are different. Self-efficacy is also not your self-concept. Self-concept is how you think about yourself. Self-efficacy is how you think about your ability to perform a given set of actions. 
Finally, self-efficacy is not just confidence. As Albert Bandura himself explains, confidence is a nondescript term that refers to the strength of belief, but does not necessarily specify what the certainty is about. I can be supremely confident that I will fail at an endeavor. That is not self-efficacy. So self-efficacy may be an academic theory, but we all have some experience with this concept. We can recall situations where we felt assured of our abilities and others where we seriously doubted we could succeed. We know firsthand the consequences these beliefs have on our motivation. Bandura's contribution goes beyond merely labeling this common experience and suggests important implications for understanding our motivation. What causes self-efficacy? So Bandura's research found that there are four major moderators. The first two were weak moderators. They could have small effects, but they weren't reliable. These were number one, bodily arousal. So think of the sweaty palms and racing heart that accompanies stage fright or the queasiness that comes before a big exam. These can make it harder to perform, even if you otherwise would be able to in a relaxed state. Number two, verbal persuasion. So the crowd that cheers you on as you finish a race or a teacher telling you that you can do it. Simple affirmations that you can or can't do something can influence self-efficacy, but the impact is unreliable. In contrast to these weaker effects, Bandura identified two more consistent sources of self-efficacy. Number one, vicarious experience. So witnessing someone perform the task increases your self-efficacy. Firstly, this works by giving you a way to learn an effective strategy. So if I watch someone solve a puzzle, I can copy their approach to get the same result. But there's also a motivational piece here. If I see another person who's deeply afraid of spiders touch a tarantula, I might also gain the courage to believe I can do it as well. Number two, personal mastery. Personally experiencing success with a task or something like it is the most powerful tool for improving self-efficacy. I'll feel more confident if I can run a marathon after I've run a half marathon. I'll feel more confident I can be a software developer after I've aced my intro programming class. It's likely that people with strong self-efficacy and thus high degrees of motivation to work on ambitious goals have had plenty of both vicarious and personal mastery experiences. Non-obvious implications of self-efficacy. So while the feeling of self-efficacy is something we all know, the implications of the theory are not always obvious. Here are a few important corollaries of this theory. Number one, motivation builds from success. So because personal mastery is crucial in building self-efficacy, a long string of failures at the beginning of an endeavor is more likely to demotivate than to build grit. Now, does this mean that the best way to motivate is to only experience success? Well, not quite. As Bandura himself put it, Performance accomplishments provide the most dependable source of efficacy expectations because they are based on one's own personal experiences. Success raises mastery expectations and repeated failures lower them, especially if mishaps occur early in the course of events. After strong efficacy expectations are developed through repeated success, the negative impact of occasional failures is likely to be reduced. Indeed, occasional failures that are later overcome by determined effort can strengthen self-motivated persistence through experiencing that even under the most difficult of obstacles, they can be mastered by sustained effort. The effects of failure on personal efficacy therefore partly depend on timing and the total pattern of experiences in which they occur. Once established, efficacy expectations tend to generalize to related situations. So if you have low self-efficacy, it helps to build a foundation of success. Once you've established a basic level of confidence, mixing challenges with occasional setbacks will make that self-efficacy more robust. You'll learn that you can succeed even in the face of momentary difficulties. Number two, the confidence spiral can go up or down. The mathematics of self-efficacy form a positive feedback loop. Consider, you have some self-efficacy, which enables you to take action and achieve a result. 
Success from taking the action increases your self-efficacy. Next time, you are even more motivated to take the previous action. Repeat. Eventually, your motivation would plateau at the level implied by the rational expectations theory, which is one reason why even some tasks we're supremely confident in, like washing dishes, don't inspire ecstatic motivation. Conversely, motivation can also crash as we experience lowered self-efficacy. So you have some self-efficacy and take action, but you fail to follow up or fully complete the action. Not achieving your desired result decreases your perceived self-efficacy. Next time, you have less motivation to take the previous action, repeat. In this case, the motivation spirals downward to total inhibition to take the action. The effect is familiar to anyone who has tried a new pursuit a few times, stumbled, experienced frustration, and then found it difficult or even painful to attack the problem again. Low self-efficacy can become a trap that we find ourselves in. Number three, learn from others, succeed yourself. Self-efficacy was only a part of Bandura's broader social learning theory. In it, he argued that most of what we know comes from other people, and we learn how to do most things by witnessing the behavior of others, not through our own trial and error. And this suggests a critical way to build self-efficacy is to closely study people who are successful in the pursuit that you care about. See how they do it until you understand the actions they're taking and why. Their success isn't a mystery. It's a logical outcome of a series of decisions they have made and the actions they have taken. If you combine this careful study approach with taking the same actions yourself, you're using the two most powerful levers Bandura identified to increase your self-efficacy and thus your motivation for working on challenging goals. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get five of my audiobooks for free, just go to scotthyoung.com slash podcast.